0: communityoxford.com, or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford podcast. And all God's people said, man, what a joy it is to be opening God's word with you. And, and I realize that, that we've been doing that for the last three months, but, but man, how beautiful is it that we get to do it together in public? Like real people, okay. And Sean, I'm not saying that you guys aren't real, okay. But you know, the last three months has been like 12 folks, all right. And not being funny, Javi and his team have done such an amazing job to make sure that that product has gotten out there, and that you guys have been able to to chill in your. PJs, you know what I'm saying, to lay in your beds, to sit on your couches, to, to chill in your recliners, and I realize some folks are like, man, I'm never coming back to church, all right? Uh, we're going to pray for you, okay? I understand there's a pandemic, and you, you want to stay away for that reason, but please, this morning, let's make sure, all right, that we understand the importance of getting back together. But I do want us to continue to pray for one another. I believe God is, is doing something really special in the life of the church, and not just our church, but the church. And so this morning, I'm just so grateful that we get to gather. Um, this morning, um, I want you to know that I sent out an email to these families this morning that have their children in here, and so they they were invited by me, all right? Um, and if they bother you, all I know to do is, is that you just need to listen a, a, you know, a little closer, because... Because we are a family driven church, all right? And um, so thankful for that ministry. And look, we're ready for our kids' ministry, our next generation to get back started. But right now, we just feel like the best thing for us to do for these few weeks leading up. Into uh, the near future that we would gather together as families. So again, thank you for being here. Uh, I do see some new faces, so I just want to say welcome to you. I know every week those that gather with us online via YouTube or Facebook, we always have new people. So good morning and welcome to you as well. We're going to be in the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter fourteen. All right, we are in a in a in a series right now um, called Acts: the Gospel on the Move, and uh, we've made it to chapter fourteen. Chapter thirteen and fourteen kind of go together, so there'll be some some similarities from last week if you followed along with us. This is. Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey, okay, and they're traveling to a lot of places that have names that are hard to pronounce, okay, and so uh, I was told this week that I needed to let people know when I was about to say I hard word or A hard word because he needed to make sure his wife didn't have a, a spoonful of Cheerios in her mouth because he was afraid that she was going to choke because I said that, all right? Um, I just think it's better for me to do that sometimes than me to butcher the the name um, or the, the 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 place of that town or that city. But church, we're on our second missionary journey. And as I shared last week, Platt and Morena, Morena talks about that the title of this section in the Bible should be the Holy Spirit, a Bible, a passport, and a first aid kit. Okay? And the reason it should be called that is, is that if the Holy Spirit doesn't lead us, if we don't preach the word of God. And most places that God is calling us, not just to Jerusalem, but to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, we got to have a passport to get there. And here's another reality, church. It's going to probably cost us something physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So we probably need to have a little first aid kit with us for the journey. All right. But I think too often the Christian forgets what he or she's been called to. You know, Acts is considered the the early church. It's considered really the first church. It's it's the model that we should be focusing in on. It's the model that we should be following. But church, can I just be real honest with you? We've gotten so far away from that model. What we're going to see here in Acts chapter 14, that there were both Jews and Greeks gathering together. I don't know if you know this or not, but churches shouldn't look like all the same people. We shouldn't be of all the same walks of life. We shouldn't be of all the same color. Church, we should be almost like a casserole. Like we should add all the different ingredients to it and then let God make it into something magnificent and beautiful because that's what God does. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I just tell you how awesome that was to hear that? Because I would say, can I get an amen over the last three months? And I'd hear Javi back there through his mouth, amen. And I've seen your posts. Like I had people literally, y'all, this is the truth. They'd say, hey, man, I said amen on Facebook. Why didn't you say amen back? You think I can pay that much attention to the live stream and your comments and preach at the same time? You have giving me entirely too much credit. Amen. Jennings, I can't reach him. Will you slap over there, reach over there and slap him for me? But church, we've gotten away from our mission. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word, our boys from Vault Entertainment is going to help us this week and next week. So we got a pretty good sized screen. And if you can't see that, all I can say is we got us to pray for you. Matthew seven thirteen and fourteen. Look at what it says. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide. enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it, are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. I want to go back to verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Church, can you you hear me this morning? Can you hear me? Because I need to make sure you hear this. Wide is the way and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And church, all you got to do is turn on your TV, turn on your phone, and you can see how many people that are finding the wide way. Man, our world is messed up. Literally, guys, God takes 66 books of the Bible and he sums it down to two commandments. And these are the two commandments. We ought to love our God and we ought to love his people. And church, we can't even get that right. But what Paul and Barnabas are about to show us in Acts chapter 14, kind of a, 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 just a, a continuation of Acts chapter 13, what we're going to see is on this first missionary journey is that Paul and Barnabas and the disciples got that they were called to go to all people. And does anybody see that as a little strange or a little bizarre that the first Sunday back... In the midst of all the craziness that's going on around us, pandemic, uh, division, and all those different things, is it, is it by chance that we would gather back on June the 7th and we would find ourselves in Acts chapter 14 on Paul's first missionary journey, and he's saying, hey, Jew, the gospel's not just for you, it's also for the Gentiles. It's not just for the people that look like you and act like you and talk for you. It's for people that don't look like you and don't act like you and don't talk like you. Because church, can I tell you something? The gospel is what brings us together. God's Word says you can't love me and hate your brother because if you have hate in your heart, you don't know me. Church, I think we as the church have got to examine ourselves and say, do we have hate? And if we do, we better pray about it. And if we still got hate, we better get some other brothers and sisters to pray about it because can I tell you something? The church will not be defeated from the outside. The church will be defeated from the inside. And some of you think I'm preaching this because of where we are as a country. You're mistaken. This is the gospel. This is what we've been preaching every since January of 2014. We have always said that we would be a multi-ethnical, multi-generational church, that all people are welcome in this place. Nothing's changed. I've had brothers of mine of color who are pastors, and they have said, the problem with where we are in the country is is that pastors think that the only time to speak up about unity is when there's a struggle. Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but since Genesis chapter 3, there has been a struggle. And the solution is Jesus. So Paul and Barnabas are just on their journey. So pick up with me in Acts chapter 14. And oh, by the way, the band is going to come on at 10 till because I promised parents that we would pack this thing a little tighter so that you could get out because, you know, you can go to a restaurant where you can have 50% capacity, okay, and wear a mask and try to drink through a straw. So I know you can't wait to get to that. So, I mean, I'm going to get you out on time, okay? Acts chapter 14, verse 1. Now, in Iconium... They entered together into a Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. First thing I want you to see here is, is where did they go first? They went to the church. They went to the synagogue. Why? Because that was the easiest place to go. And that's the same pattern we saw in 13. It's the same pattern we see in 14, but you see something different here. It says, and, 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 and spoke in such a way that great numbers of both Jews and Greeks believed. Church, can I share something with you? I'm not saying that we need to change the gospel, but maybe maybe we need to change the way we speak it. Look at what the Scripture says. Now now in Iconium, they entered together in a Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Here's what I'm saying. The message is the same, but the way we say it might need to be different so everybody can hear it keep going with me. And then in verse two, in verse two, look at what it says. Verse two says this, but in, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Listen to this, church. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Hear me, church. Verse 4. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with, Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and stone them, they learned of it and fled to, to other cities in the surrounding country. And there they continued to do what, church? Preach the gospel. If you forget anything else from Acts chapter 14, don't forget this. The gospel must be preached and the gospel will persevere. The gospel must be preached, and the, and the gospel will persevere. Here's what I love about what the example that Paul and Barnabas are doing for us. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, there is a change of, uh, uh, there's a change of guard, okay? Barnabas up to this point has been the spokesperson. Now Paul all of a sudden is speaking, and the scripture says that he speaks in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But then the unbelieving Jews began to stir up the Gentiles and poison their minds against the brothers. So meaning, guess what? Division began to happen. Unity began to be broken. There began to be this this divide. And guess what? You were either with Jesus or you were against Jesus. And church, can I tell you something? No different today. You're either with him or you're not. But look at what it says. Even after the poisoning of the minds, even after the stirring up, look at verse 3. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Perseverance. Why? Because church, when God has called us to a mission, it doesn't matter what people think. What matters is the message. And it says they stayed there and they preached boldly. But then we see there's a shift. There's a shift, but the people of the city were divided, and some were some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. and when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rules to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it, and they fled. Now if the story ended their church, that would be one thing. but Paul and Barnabas are coming back to these people. Paul and Barnabas are coming back to these people. Pick up with me in verse 8. Now, listen, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him, seeing that he had faith to to be made well, he said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Laconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Here's what I want you to see in Acts chapter 3, as well as here in Acts chapter 14. Here's what you see, church. You don't see a prayer for healing. You don't see a prayer for healing. You see men of God called by God with boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit, looking at people who could not heal themselves saying, get up and walk. We don't see a prayer in Acts for healing. What we see is, is with boldness because of faith, get up and walk. Many try to Denounce this many try to say well it's not really what it says it well let me break it down for you in verse 8 says now listen there was a man sitting who could not use his feet he was crippled from birth and had never walked i don't know what other explanation you want the brother never walked but paul seeing that he had faith church i want to ask you a question this morning do you have faith i mean do you have faith Because I am convinced that God wants to use us for his glory. God wants to use us for his boldness. But too many of us say we have faith, but we don't act on that faith. We don't stand in that faith. We don't walk in that faith. And church, can I tell you something? If you have given your life to Christ, then you have that faith that's in you. All you got to do is access it. And when you access it and you live on it and you trust on it, God will use that faith in your life. You got to have it. And if you don't have it you got to want it. You got to understand where they are in Lystria. This is a this is a Greek place. They still are worshiping their Greek gods. They they are all up in the midst of the the, the Greek gods and, and and we see here in verse 11 and when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying, Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the city to the city, brought oxen and garland and to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowd. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and, and, and all that is in them. In verse 16 through 18 says this, and in past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yes, he did not leave them, leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, they sacredly restrain the people from offering sacrifices to them. See, they didn't understand that Paul and Barnabas were men just like them. And church, can I just share something with you? This platform, if we're not careful, will come a place where people are so tuned into the man that they forget the message. I am convinced that some of us Are so in tune to pastors and speakers and communicators and leaders that we do everything that they say to do and we're not even listening to what they're saying. We're just doing it. We're almost like puppets. But, church, can I tell you something? If we're going to be the church, if we're going to be. Witnesses of Jesus Christ, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're going to be a church that's on a move, if we're going to be a, a people that take the gospel that needs to be moving here and there, we got to understand we are just mere men and women and we are not gods, but we serve a mighty God. Can I get an amen? amen. Have you ever seen God do something in your life? How about it, Huck? Last time we were gathering, that dude was in a wheelchair this morning. He walked up in here like, I'm going to church. Why? Because God has done a miracle in that guy's life. And can I tell you something? There was some faith involved in that. His faith, his wife's faith, our church's faith, many other people's faith. And here's what I want you to see, church. It would be easy if someone would have prayed over him and this healing would have taken place and God would have put him back in his right place where he's put him right now. And can I tell you something? It would be easy to give glory to that person. But Huck understands that There is an author of that faith, and his name is Jesus. So, church, I'm asking you to think about the fact that we got to make sure we give credit where credit's due. We got to persevere. We got to keep on keeping on. We got to keep pushing. And when people want to give everybody else in the world credit instead of God, we got to stand for the hope of Christ. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the 1950s, There were many people that said that science would be the end of the gospel. Like science would end the church. Like science would convince people that there was no God. Now, I'm not smart enough to know this, but I read some commentaries and some theologians this week, and, and, and some of the more recent ones said that because of that thought process, they've been studying the DNA of animals and uh, of creation of these animals and these species. And as they track this DNA, you know what they're finding? That almost every species and every creation originates to an original, almost the exact same date when it all happened. I don't know if you know this or not, but what the enemy intended for evil, God turned into good. And in the 1950s, they said science would be the end of the gospel. But what they didn't realize was is that them scientists that were saying that didn't understand that there was a God that was over all creation and that our God doesn't start something church that he doesn't finish. These people were worshiping these Greek gods. Matter of fact, these Greek gods had died, and they had put them in trees at the entrance of their city, one to the right and one to the left, and they thought Paul and Barnabas were them. They thought that these gods had come back because Paul had said to this man, because of your faith, get up and walk. And what did he do, church? He walked. Why? But not because of Paul, but because of the hope of Jesus Christ because of the power of God's Word, because of faith. Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm convinced that some of us come to a building, or we come to a church, or we come to a place, or we come to a person, and we think that place, that building, or that person is gonna change us. All I can say to you is, is that you could probably find a nicer place to go to. I don't mean to be ugly, you could probably even find some better looking people to hang out with. And I know that you could find a more creative communicator to listen to, because it's not people that change people. It's God that changes people. And Paul and Barnabas said, no matter what, we're going to take the gospel, even if it costs us our life. Church, I want to ask you a question as we kind of of move to our close this morning. Are you willing to follow Jesus anywhere? Do you not see what's happening? We won't draw a line in the sand so the, the world, the media says, we'll draw it in there for you. What side are you on? And I don't know if you know this or not, I'm so tired of saying, are you on the left, are you on the right? Nope, I'm in the middle of it. Why? Because as Christians, we don't have to be on the right or the left. We don't have to say just, are you wrong? Yes, you might be wrong, but guess what? There's a hope for your wrongness, and his name is Jesus. They're doing what I told them to. Thank you, man. A few more verses. Pick up with me in 19. The Jews come came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. I got to be honest with you, I read this chapter no telling how many times, and I get to this verse yesterday, or as I'm listening to it, as I'm traveling from Memphis to New Albany, I went and watched my son and Nick and some others play basketball and had to go to New Albany and do a wedding. And I'm looking at that, it says, and Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and listened to it, and it said, persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing he was dead. I've never been stoned. Let me pause for a second. I've never been stoned by stones. Just seeing who's listening, okay? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just checking. Sorry. But they said they they stoned Paul and dragged him out in the city, supposing he was dead. Church, they leave him if, if as if he's dead. I'd have to say that was a pretty brutal picture. It was a pretty bad sight. Look at verse 20, but when the disciples gathered about him, listen to these words, church, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they, were, they returned. To the place earlier that we saw in the first seven verses where they were ready to stone him there. It's like this guy just keeps looking for it and looking for it. Why? Because it doesn't matter the price. What matters is the message, and the message must persevere. It says, strengthening the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting and committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed, then they passed through Pisidia and came to another P hard word. And when they had spoken the word in Perger, they went down to Antioch. And with that, there they sailed to Antioch, and there they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together and they declared all God had done with them and how he had opened a door to, of faith to the Gentiles and they remain they no remained little time with his disciples. And church, here's what I want you to hear this morning. We might not have been in church for three months together, but we've been having church. We've been being the church. We've been being the hands and feet of Jesus. You don't have to gather together to be the church. We don't have to be together to pray together. We don't have to be together to worship the God of our fathers and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because church, can I tell you something? When God wants the message to go forth, it will persevere. And I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you know the narrative, but the media is trying to divide us. The media is trying to say that we're not on the same team. The media is trying to say that we can't do this. Church, I say that we can because when God is present, all things are possible. When God is on our team and we have faith, God can do what we can't do for ourselves. And church, I need you to know we need to rise up. And we need to keep on preaching. And we don't need to listen to the lie. And when we gather back together, we need to rejoice. Why? Because it's been bad, but it could be so worse. It's been rough, but it could be so much worse. So church, I'm going to ask you to bow. And I want you to think about something this morning, will you? Will you think about what Jesus did for you so that you could receive the gospel? I want you to think about what Christ did for you this morning so that you could receive the gospel. And I understand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and you that are watching online that we represent so many different people We represent so many different stories. We represent so many different backgrounds. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God pursued you so that you would know him. And church, what I want you to hear hear me say this morning is, is that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, can I tell you something? He's still pursuing you right now. He's still pursuing you right now. Father God, I ask you in these moments to be glorified and honored in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, I don't know what better way for us to close our time together than to celebrate communion. I understand it's not our normal way. But at the top of this little tab, all right, there's a little thin little slither. And we're going to go back to the wafer that does not taste like unleavened bread, even though they say it is. At least the box does. It tastes more like cardboard, but it's what it represents. Amen? And on the night before Jesus was to be portrayed, he looked at his disciples and he held up the bread and he said to his disciples, he says, this will be the last time I eat of this meal with you. But every time you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. Church today marks five years ago that we baptized that dude right there. Can I tell you something? The greatest privilege I ever had as a father is leading my son to Jesus. There are sons and daughters all around us that need the gospel. And Jesus simply looked at them and said, this will be the last time I eat of this meal, but every time you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. Why? Because there was a price for your salvation. And the scripture says he lifted it up to heaven and said, Lord, bless this bread. And every time they eat of it, may they do this in remembrance of me. Take, eat in the remembrance of Jesus. Amen. The scripture says he took the cup. I don't think it looked like a creamer for your coffee but it's what it represents. And he took the cup and he lifted it to heaven. And he says, this is my bloody blood, which is shed for you. And he said, Lord, bless this. And every time they drink of it, may they do this in remembrance of me. And so if you'll just peel that next tab, blood of Christ shed for you, drink, believe. Amen. Will you stand with me? You can leave that right where you are and we'll pick those up afterwards, but Garrett and the band's about to lead us in a song that's more than just a song. It's an anthem. And this anthem needs to be heard in the streets of Oxford. This anthem needs to be proclaimed in the streets of Oxford. It needs to be proclaimed all over Mississippi and all over North America and to the ends of the uttermost parts of the world. But church, understand, this anthem could not be proclaimed unless the body of Christ and the blood of Christ was giving for our behalf so that we could have salvation. So I don't know where you are this morning, but you can come to an altar today. You can get on your face right where you are and pray today is I saw a young man this week as I was doing marriage counseling with him, and I said, you know, the only reason I'm marrying you guys is, is I want to make sure you know Jesus. And I looked at him, and I said, son, do you know Jesus? And he simply looked at me and said, no, I don't. And he gave his life to Christ right there in my office, and I married him and his wife yesterday. Church, is never too late to come to the understanding of who Jesus is. Amen? So this morning, sing this anthem as if you believe it because there are children that are watching us and they want to know if it's real or not. Let's worship together, will you? My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.